1: Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter and it's Wednesday, March 23rd. And it's it's still basketball time. It's still NBA, right? It, it this thing never ends. It never ends. Uh, we had a four game slate last night. Uh, we'll, we'll take a look a little bit at uh, no, nothing really, really out of, out of the ordinary yesterday. Kind of kind of. The chalk kind of pretty much got there. Uh, I didn't play yesterday, and then tonight we got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven game slate. A ton of different start times. We already have people ruled out. Uh, is, it, 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 there's gonna be enough value on today's slate. Okay, don't worry about it. There already there already is there already is. Uh, this may be a battle a battle of two v twos tonight, but uh, we'll see we'll see what else drops today uh first thing through the door give me those thumbs ups give me the thummy thumbs smash the thummy thumb button it helps us out or maybe it doesn't maybe i'm maybe i've just been telling you to to do this because i'm just i I just i just want to control you i just want to control you but then do it anyway do it anyway uh hit the subscribe button if you're new here hit the notification bell to know when we go live suki singh as always as not not always Suki Suki is not always the first person here to wish me good morning, but most of the time, yes. I'm surprised. surprised Suki doesn't just show, just open up once the thumbnail comes out with the new video, just just the night before or something. Just comes in and just says good morning, and then goes to sleep or something. You, you could do that if you want to beat out Suki Singh. That's what you got to do, right? You got to you got to wait until I don't know whenever 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 the whoever's making the the new new events on YouTube. You, know, you, you get you get a notification for that, right? And then you go and you, you like it, you subscribe, you comment and whatever, and you could be, you could be there before Suki and then not even show up for the show. You could do that if you want. If you want to beat out Suki. Hog Lawrence is here, Trey, Grant, Matt. Good morning, Grant, Matt. I saw it saw last night in, uh, in a Zoom coaching call. People are missing out. People are missing out. If you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, right? which is very easy to do. Just click on the link in the description of the podcast, of the video, right? Right here, get $10 off your first month. You get access to, to, the, to, our, to our Discord. And I have a premium channel there called Blender's Game Theory. And you could ask any questions about game theory or DFS strategy, not related to a specific slate or anything. And then every week or so, I, I do coaching calls. It's, it's like having your own private coach, right? It's a group setting, so, you know, you come in and you say, "Hey, I, I got this problem. I got this question." You get individualized attention, and uh, we, we had a good, a good, conversation. We were on for about ninety or so minutes. had had four 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 people on video, you know, audio. People asking whatever they wanted. We talked about we talked uh, MMA. We talked about exposures. How exposures don't mean anything. Don't inherently mean anything. Right, that's like the, that's a diversification. Whenever you think of exposures, think in terms of diversification. Right, we're going over with someone, and I, I like when things click, when things finally click. The first thing that, that needs to click for you when it comes to playing DFS, especially if you're following me, is that it's, it's, you're playing a, a game of math, right? You're, this, this is a game of probabilities and math and numbers. And organizing that better and relative value of players and lineups versus one another, you're playing lineups, not players. And then you realize that it's not about, it's not about sports anymore. Right. Just like who could organize the numbers better than other people. Right. And, uh, and having projections and having ownership numbers and what contest size and everything. And then just building, building lineups that have, that have, you know, enough equity, mostly, mostly winning first place because these are very top heavy gpp's but it depends they're cash you know cash games are different types types of payout structures and uh once you once you realize that then you go oh i don't have to you know a lot of the work is done for you especially if you subscribe to roto grinders premium you get our premium projections for every for every sport right even f1 do we have f1 we even have f1 i'm not even sure i'm just i'm looking i'm looking in our, our slack i'm I don't know if we have projected. Maybe we do. Maybe I don't know. I haven't checked. I haven't checked. But F one is new, right? So if it's new, I mean, we have we could, you can build lineups for Madden sims, and in, in Line of So once you once you once you learn it's a game of that, then a lot of like ninety five percent of what you ever did before, like you just go, oh, that was stupid, right? Why am I looking this up? Why am I doing what? Why am I? You know why, why am I building this way? Why you know you, you things that you didn't take into account for. Then then the game becomes much easier. Actually, the game almost becomes too easy. Not I'm not saying that it's that it's easy to win, win to win a lot of money, but just as far as like oh, doesn't take much to once you understand the, the bare basic game theory concepts of the DFS, doesn't take much to build lineups as long as you have projections in front of you, right? That that are accurate enough, right? I mean, I could just make up numbers. You could good if you want it's probably not going to work out uh and then then we were talking about exposures because a lot of people when they use a tool like uh, like well, like lineup hq they think in terms of like well i'm playing 20 lineups or whatever amount of lineups. It could be 10 lineups it could be 150 lineups or anywhere in between and they're like well i want x percentage of one player and i go what does that matter? like that in and of itself means nothing it's just a representation of how many times that player appears in your set of let's say 20 lineups. doesn't mean your 20 lineups are good, right? It doesn't mean your 20 lineups are plus EV. So I used, I used an example last night in our, in our coaching call. Uh, this, the, the, the uh, this, this subscriber was playing uh, MMA. And he plays all this sports probably, but we were using it in the context of MMA. And if you, if you know me, I'm, I'm uh, MMA is now probably my best sport, <laughs> Right, overall, I mean, I think I've made more in NBA. I think I made more, no, I didn't, haven't made more in soccer. Uh, but soccer, there's no like huge prize pools or anything. Uh, and talking about like, oh, I want to like a guy's gonna be right. We have a player or a fighter that's gonna be 40 percent owned, and you go, well, I, th- I think he's over owned, right? I want 20 percent of it, right? So, a lot of people think that way, they go, okay. I'm going to get 20% of that guy. And oh, there's a guy that's 15% owned. I want double the field. I want 30%. I want, I want him 30% because I think he's under-owned, right? Which is the right mentality as far as building individual lineups, right? The name of the game is relative value. You want points. You want your, more than your fair share of points that the field is not getting because they're not playing that guy. And you you want to avoid having, getting too many points shared by the field when it's not warranted. So that's essentially, you want to play more, you want to play a lineup that has the proper, the proper uh, balance between projection and ownership, which means you're more likely to play players that are under-owned relative to their projection versus over-owned relative to their projection. Right, but you still need a decent projection. So they, oh, there's a guy that's one percent owned that should be four percent owned. You don't play eight of those guys in an NBA line because they're also four percent owned because it's not like their median projection is all that great. It's just that that ah, oh, they've a they've they've a they've a better they have a four percent chance at appearing in the optimal winning GPP lineup. They're only going to be one percent owned. Well, the chances of like eight of those guys all while well, the truck fails also like is your win probability is too low, right so you're still probably playing high owned people also in combination with those types of people right but when you build lineups you're more likely if someone is over, way way over owned it would be better off most likely for you to not play that player and if you were playing one lineup, right if let's say you're playing one lineup and you're like that that example of well uh there's a forty percent owned guy that I think is over owned. Okay, well then don't play him, right? Okay, now that you don't play him, you're removing, you know, negative leverage, and now, now now at, at, now, now you could play the the other chalky guy also, as long as you play the under owned player, the guy that's fifteen percent owned that should be thirty percent owned. You're playing him instead, and then you build the lineup around there so it has the proper amount of enough projection. For that, that you have a chance of winning, right? Maybe not the highest projection, but high enough and at a lower, lower ownership level than it should be, right? You would look at that lineup and go, it's projects for X. And then you look at the ownership, and it's like, well, the total ownership is 160%. But really, if it was a if, if the ownership was efficient, it should be 180, right? So like you're getting like 20, a 20 percentage point ownership discount. For the same exact projection, which makes the lineup plus EV, right? That's the that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. That's how you build individual lineups in DFS. So let's say you're playing twenty of those lineups. You're like, that's the goal. If you, you're playing twenty lineups, you want to play twenty plus EV lineups, and and any player, pretty much, with with a decent enough projection, right? Now I'm not talking about an NBA guys that play eight minutes off the bench they i don't know they Tripoli. you possibly could even make lineups that are plus ev right i could go all the way down and on a, on a 11 game slate or whatever and play jamorco Pickett at 14 minutes but i would have to surround them by so many high owned high projected players just to raise raise that projection high enough that would it be worth it. if he's, he's going to be less than 1% owned. But you know how many less than 1% owned players there are on this slate? So you need to hope that seven pieces of your lineup are on which are pretty much all chalk. The chalk comes in and Jamarco Pickett goes for, you know, 45 points. And I don't know why I picked Jamarco Pickett, but it sounds like a funny name. Okay? But you could, like, I guess. So I could click in Jamarco Pickett right here and run run the optimal, right? 303.09. Right, but you need like all on on this current slate or whatever. You need like all the chalk, all the truck to, to win. Also, you're sharing all these points with so many other people, except for Jermarco Pickett. Right, so basically he's the key to the slate. If he does well and the chalk and the truck gets there, you're good. So, but the likelihood of Jermarco Pickett getting there in four eat it, it blow out, someone gets injured, like it's going to be one of those types of situations. Because it's not like getting twelve points ain't going to do anything for you at three K. Like, can he get 30? How often does he get 30, right? We take a look at his, his, even his range of outcomes. His 86th percentile outcome, 84th percentile outcome is 24.16, according to our projections, which still is not not even good enough, right? So you need 30 points. So like, how often is that going to happen? So so technically, this lineup isn't as negative EV as you would think, right? It's 303.09, the top optimal, projection is you're, you're giving up 10 points in projection right you're giving up 10 points in rejection to play Jamarco Pickett but then you're also surrounding him by like a combination of players that are going to be very highly owned so in order to even get away from us these seven other players you're going to be you're going to be you're going to have to lose a ton more projection so most likely Jamarco Pickett doesn't make plus EV lineups but it's close right so like any player on the slate you could essentially do that with Right, you could go I mean, typically you're going to stick around higher salary adjusted value players, but you're making individual lineups that are plus EV. So when you think in terms of okay, I'm going uh, to on today's slate with Luca out, right? Because that, that that's that Fox is out, Luca is out. Who else is out? Morant is out. Right. I can just take a look at the projections and tell. Right. Whenever I see Tyus Jones. Projected well, that's that means Morant's out, right? Whenever I see Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, I'm like, okay, Luke is out, right? I didn't have to, didn't, unless that's a mistake, right? No, but I know Luke's not going to play. Davian Mitchell, whenever I see him, uh, is a plus 10 salary adjusted value, plus minus, right? That means the, the Aaron Fox, right? And they don't have Halliburton anymore, right? So there you go, like, like that. So most likely, these guys are going to make up a bulk of, Plus EV lineups because they project so well for their price that by not playing, like for you to not play any of these guys, like let's just say the top projected lineup is 313.73. If I X out Dinwiddie, Mitchell, and Brunson, the highest lineup goes from 313 to 295. So you're going to be sacrificing 18 points in projection. The total ownership, according to our current ownership, is 175 on this line. If we add everyone back in, total ownership is 252. Okay. Is it possible a lineup that's projected 18 points lower for uh, that 75 percentage points in ownership? Could that be plus EV? Possibly. Be very high variance lineup if it is, but most likely, most likely you're going to be playing two, if not all three of these guys. I mean, we we may get more value later today, and then just it opens up the door to like, oh, you could do anything you want. But most likely, like you don't need you don't you you could get you could get lower ownership in in a different way than fading guys that are projected for ten plus points. Higher than their salary adjusted value as a median. Okay, so that's your goal. You're trying to make one. You make one plus EV line. It's not that hard. There are thousand, on a slate like t- today. There's tens of thousands of them, right? Then then once you make one, make a second one make a, one, make a third one, make a fourth one, right? This is the this is the, this is the situation when you're making twenty lineups, right? Twenty lineups, okay. So, if you have Embiid, for instance, in 10 of them, that means you have 50% exposure. Okay. And he's going to be 25% owned. You're double the field. But does that actually mean anything? No, you're just, that's just a representation of the diversification of your portfolio of lineups. I could plug in Embiid and garbage players and still have 50% Embiid. And the, and, the fifth, and the lineups that he's in are, 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 are unprofitable lineups, right? I could, I could X out Dinwiddie, Mitchell, Brunson, lock in Embiid, and, and lock, in, lock in Jamarco Pickett as the example today and run 10 lineups and be like, oh, look, I double the field of Embiid. Yeah, and, but the lineups individually are, not, are, are, are unprofitable lineups. So who cares that you double the field? You could put up seven million points and it's still not going to matter. Because the rest of your lineup sucks. So it doesn't matter what your exposure is, above or below it. Like those those don't matter. Those only matter once once you have plus EV lineups that you're playing. Obviously, players that project players that project higher, players that are more underowned should appear in more plus EV lines. Players that are over-owned should appear in less plus EV lineups. So they'll probably, they probably appear in plenty, but less. So if you were to adjust for ownership, you would build lineups that are decently, remember the goal, you want the highest rejected lineup for the lowest possible ownership, okay? So if you were going to build a lot of those types of lineups, your exposure to under players will be higher your exposure to over players will be lower okay but it doesn't mean over players can't be in plus cv lineups and it doesn't mean that every plus cv EV lineup has to have one two of these the most under-owned player no just for like a slate like tonight There could be tens of thousands of plus cv lineups that you could play right and you're trying to play the highest ones possible in comparison to, to your opponents, to the field. That's the main difference between large field, low stakes, and high and high stakes small field, right? In the in a low stakes large field, the $15, the nine dollar on FanDuel, whatever, the average lineup strength is lower, which means more of the lineups that you're making are are plus EV right? Because your opponents are making weaker lineups than that. In a higher stake small field contest, they're making much stronger lineups, have much higher expected values for that contest, right? So the average strength of a lineup in that contest is much higher, which means if you were to build 150 lineups and it was 150 back for both contests or whatever, it's quite possible that, that all 150 of your, of your lineups in a large field contest or plus EV in comparison to the field because, you know, half the field is, I don't know what the hell they're doing, right? Not making very good lineups. And then a lot, then 10%, 50% are making really bad lineups. And then you go to the high stakes, you know, small field, out of those 150, it's quite possible that half your lineups are unprofitable now because there aren't 10, 15% of those really bad lineups and half the field isn't making subpar lineups. That your lineups are better than, in general, right? You have a lot of sharp players, and their lineups look a lot like a lot, a lot like your lineups too, right? So that's what matters. So, like, like by saying I have twice the field of NB doesn't mean anything. I can plug in, I can build lineups. Like, let's say, like I, I'll show you an example here. I'll, I'll show it right right here in lineup HQ. So let's use that example of, uh, we're going to run, we're going to, I'm going to run 20 lineups. Okay. I'm going to run 20 lineups, just bare basic, right? Bare basic. uh, Just make sure you get some diversity, right? Three uniques, just, just for the sake of this argument, right? I don't need to do anything else. Just, this is just an example. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to run with just our current projections as of six in the morning, which have not even been tweaked manually by our projections team yet. Right. So don't go by these numbers now. That's the main reason we don't talk about like what are we going to do on this specific slate. Well, what the hell do we know is going to happen? Is maybe maybe Durant sits, maybe this guy. So who knows? It's it's, we got a, a week and a half of the season left, pretty much. No, there's more than that. I mean, for me, a week and a half of the season is left at least. So I'm going to run 20 lineups. Okay, let's say I run twenty liners, and I have I have these lines, for instance. So I have ninety five percent Mitchell, ninety percent Dinwiddie, eighty percent Brunson, sixty five percent me too, sixty five percent DiVincenzo. Right, it's a lot of it's a lot of kings and a lot of maths. Right, this lineup is probably going to be way too high owned, but whatever. Right. So, here, 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 are my, here are my exposures, right? So, let's say I take out Dinwiddie, Mitchell, and Brunson, okay? I'm gonna take them out. I'm not saying you should do this, but I'm showing you as an example. Okay, now that I've taken those out, which most likely, well, at least one of them is gonna be in a plus EV lineup, right? I mean, they just project for too much. Right, that leaving all three out and, and just sacrificing twenty plus points in, in projection, they're these guys are probably going to be underowned. Right, these are the these are the type of players where the guy the, the, someone's fifty percent owned and should be seventy percent owned. So actually, these guys may actually be the most underowned players on the slate. That's how well they project. So now, but I take them out. So now, what I'm going to be building are going to be bad lines, right? it doesn't contain any one of these three players. I'm going to go, and I'm going to say, here's me too. I want sixty. I want uh, 65% of me too. I'm going to put in my, the exposures of this lineup set, right? Just a bare 55, 55, 35. So I get at least 35, 30, 30 just do some of the players doesn't have to do all of them 2020 right i'm trying to get a about i mean you know it's not gonna be perfect but just just to show you the point that i'm trying to make okay 35 and 20 okay now that i took the three players where most likely, they're going to be. It's going to be pretty hard to build a lineup that doesn't have at least one of these players, and find a lower ownership elsewhere. So, these—if we use, for example, that we say that all twenty of these lineups are plus EV—they're more likely to be plus EV than anything else. They may be a little too high owned, right? So they come in high, but I mean, if the, only when the chalk smashes and you have to be perfect, will you win the GPP? So we'll just say this, but I'm putting in the same exposures over here. So I'm going to run 20 lineups without the three ridiculous value plays. Okay, so here we go. See, it can't even be that perfect, right? Right. So I got 20, 20. Right. I got 35 percent. Right. Kevin Durant is in 35 percent of. So if you had the, the this the second the second uh, lineup set. You'd look and go. Well, I have about the same, uh, you know, I about thirty percent right. Tevin Durant, Harrison Barnes, Shaggy Elvis Alexander. Maybe I mean, let's see. Can I uh, maybe do this a little bit better? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna just pull a randomness, just so just so the just so the number comes out. I can do true range, Doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Use this. Make it a little bit easier. Just so, just so the display looks looks similar, right? So I'm gonna build 20. Can I get closer to the numbers that I want? Yeah, yeah, there we go, that, that made it easier, right? Because I'm not actually building those lines, I don't care about those lines, right? So here's the first set of plus EV lineups, right? So these 20 lineups, I'm like, these are profitable lineups, right? Right, and then I go to the second build, these are unprofitable lineups, but if you take a look at the exposures, like if you if I built the first set, those were my lineups, you know, Jordan Cooper's lineups, and you built the second set of 20 lineups, and those are your lineups, you would tell me, I would tell you, I got 60% of me too. And you would say, I got 65% of me too. And I would say, I got 65% of DiVincenzo. And you would say, I got 65% of DiVincenzo. i say, I got 55% of Embiid. And you know what you would say? Got fifty five percent of Embiid, right? How much Damian Jones do you got? I got thirty five percent. Really, I got thirty five percent. Is this getting annoying? Right? They're all the same, right? For the for, for the most part. But your lineups are awful. My lineups are good. Same exposures, right? Same exposures, right? But your lineups don't. None of your lineups have Brunson. None of your lineups have Dinwiddie. None of your lineups have uh, have Davion Mitchell. So yes, you're right. You have 55 percent of Embiid in 20 bad, and 11 out of 20 bad lineups. So, what does it matter that you double the field in Embiid? It doesn't, right? We could have we could have the same exact. I mean, realistically, we could have the same exact exposures if we both built 150 lineups and have the same exact exposures and not have a duplicated lineup. Blow your mind, right? And it's quite possible that. A lot of your lineups are unprofitable and all of mine are right. Cause you could say like, Oh, I have 50% of this guy. I have 50% of that guy. Yeah. What happens if they're all in the same lineups together? It's like in the scenario today where we have uh Brunson, uh, Dinwiddie and Mitchell. Like let's say, Oh, I got, I got 80% Dinwiddie, 80% Mitchell and 80% Brunson. Well, it's, and you're playing 100 lineups, let's for math purposes, makes it easier. It's quite possible that you have all three in 80 lineups and then your other 20 lineups, you don't have any of those three, right? You still have 80% of them, right? Or you can have some lineups that have three, some lineups that have two, and all lineups have at least one of them and still have 80%. It could be distributed that way. Let's say there were 50, you have 50% of each you may have all 50% or a large proportion of that 50% with all three of them together. And maybe that's those lineups are too high owned, right? So they're losing EV because they project well, but they just don't win first place often enough. They cash a lot, right? They cash a lot. They come in the top thousand, top 500, right? So maybe you still squeak out in a large field contest because they're, they're weaker contests. Maybe you could squeeze out a little EV, but the win equity of those lineups are are are, are much lower compared to others. Uh, so you have a bunch of those lineups, and then you have some lineups that have two of them, two of them, and those could be good lineups. Then some lineups that only have one of them, and those could be good lineups too. You know, depending on who's in or whatever, what the projection versus ownership is. Then you have some lineups that have none of them, and then those would be unprofitable lineups. So it's quite possible you have a hundred lineups and it's like. Well, you got you got like 70 good ones. Maybe you've got maybe you got 70 of them based on just this condition. I mean, there, there are other factors. You're playing if you're playing 80% your marco pickett, probably a lot of the money, they're now even worse, right? Now that now it doesn't really matter anymore. But the actual exposures doesn't mean anything. It's just a representation of your of your portfolio. Uh so the goal is not to start with how much of someone do I want, right? Can I, okay, I can't reset it this way. Can I reset it? Clear Oak space, I don't do it that often. Right, okay. Uh, so you don't start, you shouldn't be starting from a point of how much of a guy do I want. You should start with a point of, let me build plus EV lineups. What players show up in more, in more plus EV lineups than others? <laughs> right, because Jamarco Pickett probably ain't going to be there. Maybe you could find, maybe if you build that 50,000 lineups, you could find one lineup that has Jamarco Pickett. And maybe not the highest EV lineup, but still profitable over the long run. And maybe you decide to play it. Maybe, who knows? Right. Uh, so your goal is to build plus EV lineups first and then decide based on your risk preference, your risk tolerance, your whatever. How much of certain things would you rather do? Obviously, more diversified, less risk. Less diversified, more risk. That's it. So if I built, if I built out three, if I built out, let's say, 300 lines, right? I'm not even do that. Let, let's let's do let's do 50, just to show an exa- just an example. I'm not building. We're just going to assume these are plus even lines, okay? We're just going to assume. Okay, so I'll, let me just get. It. More diversity there just basic right I got I got randomness on who cares right Don't worry about the settings like these 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 oh this is how you win there's no magic settings. I'm just doing this at a simplicity sake right I'm not even saying these lineups are even good lineups. I'm just showing you an example right so let's just where we're, we're gonna say that these 50 lineups are plus even right? I didn't check the ownership versus projection. And obviously it's 1130 in the morning for a 7 PM, 12 game, 11 game, whatever huge NBA slate. And you know, we may have 700 value plays. Okay. So let's just say all 50 of these lineups are plus EV. Let's just say, okay. And you I'll use a better example. You're going to play three of them, right? You're only playing three, right? And we're going to assume that these are all built for whatever contest size it's in or whatever. Be like, okay, I, I want to play three lineups. It's like, well, you could probably find 3,000 lineups to play. But which out of the 3,000 should you play? And though the difference between those 3,000 lineups from a expected value standpoint is margin. So out of the 3,000 lineups, you could close your eyes and pick anyone you want at random, and you'd be fine mathematically in the long Okay, so that's what we're kind of doing here. We're going, okay, now instead of saying 3,000, now we got 50. We got to pick three. And we're going to just assume, right? I'm just, like I said, I'm just showing you the lineup HQ as an example, right? That's why I'm just saying, you would find the plus EV lineups. So let's just say these 50, okay, I think these 50 are good lineups, right? So we're not even considering expected value. They're good. They're profitable types of lineups. And now you want to play three of them. Well, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is in 43 out of 50 of them. If you were to pick three at random, you're probably going to end up with probably at least two Dinwiddie lineups if you pick them at random. But there are seven lineups out of these 50 that don't have Dinwiddie. So if you wanted to pick those three, feel free to pick those three, right? If we, if we if for, for example's sake, if we said that all 50 of these lineups are equal from a profitability perspective, right? If we played this slate out, 50,000 times, on average, how much money would you make off of these lines, right? Right, on a certain slate, you win. On a certain slate, you don't cash. On a certain slate, you come in 426, right? So probabilistically, remember, that's what you should be thinking, right? 41 out of the 50 lineups have Davian Mitchell. So most likely, most likely, if you pick three lineups, it's quite possible to have two out of the three that have both of those players but there may be, and there may not even be a lineup that doesn't have either of them, right? If you take a look, Brunson here, Divincenzo, sixty-six percent. So it's most likely. But if all of these are equal, right? There's one lineup with Danilo Gallinari. Do you play Danilo? You, know, you could. That lineup has Mitchell, Brunson, Dinwiddie, all three of them. Damian Jones. We're just going to assume that this is this is plus EV, right? I'm just using this as an example because people in like, well, well, how do you know this lineup? Well, I don't. I don't know this lineup is profitable. I'm just showing you as an example of a, if we said that these five, 50 lineups were profitable. I mean, the whole point of this conversation is about how exposures don't matter, other than for diversification for your risk. So you take a look at this lineup and go, well, whatever. If you don't want to play Danilo, you don't have to. If you don't want to, fine. XMA. You still, now you have 49 lineups to choose from. Remember, you're only choosing a three. You could feel like, ah, uh, you could go down and go, oh, I don't want to play Wendell Carter Jr. Well, you don't have to. If you don't want, like, you could randomly, I could go to random.org, right? There, there are 49 lineups here. I could go to random.org, org, right? Hello, okay, well, there's all these cookies. I could put in one to 49, Right? and go, okay, give me lineup 22. Where's lineup 22? 23, it's sorted in a different way. God, come on, order, order, create, right? Give me lineup 22, because I randomly picked it, right? Okay, I'm gonna pick that lineup, okay. Now I'm gonna go back, go one to 49, two, and 17. Okay, so go to two, two, and seventeen. Where's seventeen? Give me seventeen. Okay, I picked three. I picked my three lineups. You would look at me and go, "You're telling me you just picked randomly? Picked three lineups out of that group of now 49? Because you can't stand to possibly play Danilo Gallinari today, right? Right? <laughs> and that's perfectly fine, Reed. You don't have to, right? We're we're already saying that the all 50 lineups are equal from a ter- from a perspective of EV. So if they're all equal, feel free to pick them in. Pick the three that you play in any facet that you want. Close your eyes and throw a dart. Make it biased. I I don't want to play any lineup with RJ Hampton. Okay, that's for any. I I don't like those initials. I have a bad experience. My best friend used to be RJ, right? He died in a swimming pool, drowned to death. I don't want it to bring it up. it, It hurts me to think of my best friend RJ back when I was eight years old and, and then don't play. Right. So he doesn't show, he only shows up in two out of your 50 lineups. So you got got 48 others to choose from and you're, we're saying they're all about equal. So if you wanted to do it that way, that's fine. So any three you pick doesn't matter. Right. Do it randomly. Do it not randomly. Doesn't, doesn't really matter. So we take a look at the three lineups that we have and I got Brunson three Mitchell in three, Dinwiddie in two, DiVincenzo in two. You know, here, here are the lines. I got Tyus Jones in one. I got Cody Martin in one at 5% on. I got Jimmy butt Like, well, I'm over the field. I'm under the, what, what does any of that matter? Let's say you don't want to play. You 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 don't, you don't. Let's say you don't want to play uh, the, 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 Kings, yeah, against the Pacers. What's the spread of that game? Let's just say. What are the spreads of these games? we got, okay, Indiana's favored by six. Uh, Dallas is playing Houston. Which is, I mean, they're horrible, Right? So maybe you like, I don't want to play Davian Mitchell because maybe, maybe Harrison Barnes, right? Everyone's going to play Mitchell, and maybe it's Barnes that goes off or something like that, right? That's what you say in your head. It doesn't matter, right? Remember, the line, all these 49 lineups that we have are equal to each other. So whatever, whatever three you choose, it's not going to matter, right? If we played the slate over and over again. Other than the fact that you're looking at your lineups and go, well, all three have Davian Mitchell. And if he has a bad game, all three of your lineups are bad, right? And, and it, the results are poor. And you're like, I don't want to risk my entire slate on Davey and Mitchell, right? So you have these three lineups already, you're only gonna play three. So like, it's like, well, I wanna find a fourth lineup so I could remove one of these Davion Mitchell lines. Okay. So we go back to, to our lineups page, right? We go back to the third build, right? 49, and I'm just gonna delete all the Davian Mitchell lineups. Uh, delete this lost below, right? And that. And I'm missing all my lineups. <laughs> oh, did I do it in my saved lineups? Ah, well, that sucks. Okay, let me let me let me build 50 again. And then we'll do it again. I'm gonna build 50. I think I had it on the wrong tab. Okay, no, no, now I got my lineups back. Oh, now I got my saved lineups. Okay, okay. Well, what happened before? Why, what was going on? right? Nope. I'm, I'm just getting an error message. I don't know what's happening. Go to lineups, go to player pool. This is a glitch. Do I have to report this glitch? Right. Cause I'm getting my, you know, I know what's happening. Now we have Seth Curry and Goran Dragic for game time decisions. Yeah, there's going to be so many shenanigans today. We may not even be playing Mavericks and Kings at some point. We may, oh, well, there's, there's four players that are even better values. Right? Oh, now, now you're playing Davion Mitchell as a, as a contrarian play. Okay. So let's let's look. I'll do it manually because I don't know what this glitch is going on. Right? So Davion Mitchell is in 45 out of 50 of these lineups. So let's look for, let's look for lineups. I'll just X amount and make lineups. All right, I'm going to x that out. Let me make 20 lineups without Davian Mitchell. I'm going to pick one of those. We're going to assume these are profitable lineups. Remember, that's always the assumption we're doing. Right? So you go through here. All right? You look at here, and you go okay. Here's here's. Uh, up to, here, maybe what does do we want to play me too in the lineup? Also, we have a lot of him. All right. We go down, we pick, we pick one, whatever. We would, we can't play Nino Gallinari, right? We can't play RJ Hampton, right? Our buddy RJ, when we were eight, died in a pool. Right. So we take a look, we make sure we don't have those guys. Reggie Bullock, he may be Jimmy Butler. Okay. Play this line. A non a non David Mitchell line. Then we get rid of one of the of the Mitchell lines. We get rid of, let's just get rid of that one. Okay. Right now, now you only now it's now you have uh now you're in two lineups, right? Where's and Mitchell? Right, David Mitchell's in two line, but yeah, I got Brunson in three. I don't want to have my entire slate decided by Brunson, even though you're only playing three lineups. Okay, let's go, back. let's go and let's let's find a non Brunson lineup, right? A non Brunson lineup, let's let's go look for one. Not a non actually a non. I'm going to X out Brunson, a non Brunson, non Mitchell lineup. Okay, we're just going to assume these lineups are profitable, right? So I'm just going to pick whoever okay, I read this one. There you go. And now we're going to get rid of a Brunson lineup, right? Let's see a Brunson. Let's see, where do we get these Brunson lineups? Brunson, Brunson. I just get rid of the first one, right? And now we got three. Okay, now let's go to Spencer Dinwiddie, right? We got to, but we got to put back Brunson or Mitchell, right? We're going to put back Mitchell, leave out Brunson, leave out Dinwiddie, right? And we leave out some of these guys. I mean, now now we're getting to the point where maybe these aren't profitable lineups, but whatever. Get rid of these. Just, we just assume these are profitable lineups, right? And I'm going to just take the first one which I don't know. Okay, I got to do that. And there. Okay, so I got four lineups here. And I'm going to remove a Dinwiddie lineup. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, Brunson, Bullock. Dinwiddie is just a just Dinwiddie lineup david mitchell doesn't matter get rid of that right and now now here now here we go so out of our three lineups out of our three lineups i got no more than any of them in in two of them right right but these are still like any three lineups you chose out of that 50 it doesn't matter what you have like now now it's just a matter of you know, if, if you have 150 lineups, do you want, you know, 100 lineups to have at, you're choosing from thousands of lineups that are plus EV. So it's like, well, do I, how much of this guy do I want? And, and you're thinking in terms of risk, you could lie. You could, you could, you could say, well, out of the 3000 lineups I could choose from, I'm going to choose 150 that have David Mitchell and have hundred percent of them. Absolutely viable. because The individual lineups are plus EV. Now, if Damien Mitchell has a, a 70 points, well, you have a lot of those lineups. You have a lot of good line. You have a lot of, I don't want to say good lines, a lot of high, potentially high placing lineups. Now, right? And you have a lot more of them than the field has, right? In general. And let's say he does poor. Let's say he gets injured in the first quarter and he's out for the game. Now, pretty much all your lineups are dead. So the variance of your entire portfolio is going to be increased right? It's not a narrow range. It's a wider range for your entire portfolio. The individual lineups are fine, but how, what, what do you want the, the standard deviation or variance of your entire portfolio to be? Well, that's that's up to you. If you're playing within your, your bankroll, your means, right? That, then it, it really doesn't matter. If you're, play, if you're playing a very small percentage of your bankroll, you can probably afford. You can probably afford to take on more risk. You're playing twenty percent of your bankroll a night, which is unadvisable. You're going to go broke doing that. Uh, I mean, or lose. You technically can't go if you're constantly playing twenty percent. You're just going to get down. You're going to get down to three dollars at some point, and you're not going to be able to play any contests anymore. But if you're playing twenty you, percent, you you probably don't want to don't want to have hundred percent of anyone, right? Right. You want you to. You don't have nights where you lose pretty much lose it all where you get something back because having a couple of those types of slates where you get nothing back when you're playing 20% of your bankroll you're going you're going to lose like 90% of your money right Next, 2 weeks from now it's like what happened to all my money i got only 10% of it left right you took cuz you took, took stand or it could be the other way. You could be like, oh, I have three lineups and they come in first, second, and third in the contest. And you win all the money, right? That too, right? I'm, I'm saying the downside and that's the upside is that. That you're not just coming first. You possibly come in first, fifth, eighth. You take even more money. But if, you, if you're diverse, then you're unlikely your lineups are correlated to each other. So maybe come in first as well as 1100th, as well as 11,000. That's more likely to happen when your portfolio is more diverse, less risk. But the individual lineups still have to be profitable lineups. So your goal is to come up with profitable lineups first and then worry about how much of a guy do I have? Because that doesn't matter if the lineups aren't good. The fact that I can build I could show you, I could build a 150 set with the same exposures and you could have a 150 set with the same exposures. And I have 150 plus EV lineups and you have 150 minus EV lineups should prove the point. And that, that was, that, that was that click. That was that click yesterday on the, on the zoom call. They're talking about MMA. So there's less option. It was like 24 options or something. 12 game, 12 fights late, 13 fights slate, It was something like that. It's like, yeah. Well, I could have twenty. I you had twenty percent sure, I had twenty percent sure, but we didn't have the same lineups, right? So, what does it matter if you have twenty and I've like put them in the same exposures and not get those lineups, right? Because I'm not going to have the lineups that have you know that jam in five of the chalkiest fighters in it, right? But you could have fifty percent of your lineups that look like that, that have very that have that are negative EV just due to duplication. It's like, oh, they, they win frequently. They win, win, win often enough, but you're splitting it 82 ways. So you're not, you're not, you're not making $100,000. you are making like $1,200 or something, right? Like, like when it wins, you don't win much in comparison to what you should be winning when you win first. But I can have 50% of that same guy and he's, he appears in lineups that are not duplicate, that are unique or under five dupes. Uh, so I just wanted to explain all that because, I mean, yesterday's slate, I didn't play. Obviously, if you stacked uh, uh, the Knicks and the Hawks, you won. And what else is there to talk about? I mean, pretty much, you know, the highest owned players pretty much got there. I mean, for a four-game slate. And, uh, and if you stacked that game, you're good. And if you didn't, you didn't. You, you didn't win. That's it. That's it. That's the story yesterday's slate. And then today's slate, what's the point? Right? I, between now and, and we got like, it's a little over seven hours. It's quite possible that you're, you're listening to the show later. You're watching this later and going, well, why the hell? Like, like Mitchell, Brunson, Dinwiddie, all these guys. And it's like, oh, but we have six other guys that are, that are also projected. You got, this guy's sitting, that guy's out. This that, that this guy's out for the season. Who, who the hell knows what's going to happen? So that's why you're talking about specifically tonight's slate. Uh, is is a lost cause at this point in the season, especially. Oh, let's see. Go through. Master says there's even a big difference between the FanDuel 30K entries versus the FanDuel 15K entries. 15K contest is significantly sharper field. That's correct. But what I found, and remember, I do things in a more blunt, directionally accurate way right i'm not running simulations right i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to get 13 if if i if there was a problem and i wanted to solve it like instead of the correct answer is 13.8 and i'm able to get to 13.5 right i don't need to be that precise because the field i could still beat the field without being that precise and it, i'm not going to put in the time it's not worth it Did the time investment to try to get as precise when it's not going to amount to that much much expected value that much ROI for doing so. So my what I do now is for the large field GPPs or for any really any 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 size contest is uh count the number of uh 150 maxes. So if you if you're playing a 30,000 entry contest on FanDuel versus a 15 Thousand entry contests on Fanduel. Typically, the amount of 150 maxers will not change that dramatically. I mean, they'll go up and down every day because they're oh, this guy's not playing today, or, or someone new decides to throw at 150 and loses 90 percent of their money, and go, oh, I can't cover every combo. That's not that easy. No, it's it's really difficult to be profitable playing 150 lines. So if you figure that, like in a to do the math, let's say. On fan I' just going to make up a number there are 50 150 matches okay 50 right on a given day maybe not the same 50 right so 50 times 150 is 7500 lineups that come from 150 matches who are most likely very sharp players they're building 150 good lineups okay it doesn't mean there aren't other good players in there they've got you could build 50 lineups and be, build great line i mean but how would I know that, right? I wouldn't, right? So I go, who's, how many 150 maxers are there? Okay, there's 50, at 7,500 lineups, okay? So in a 15,000 entry contest, 7,500 lineups are from 150 maxers, which means half of the lineups are coming from probably the sharpest players in the lobby. In a 30,000 entry contest, which is probably cheaper, right, larger field, It's still 150 max, and it's still 50 people. So that's 7,500 entries out of 30,000, which means only 25% of the lineups are from 150 maxers. I would consider that to be a weaker field, and it usually is. Because the 150 maxers, people that put in 150 on average, are going to be better than ones that don't. There's, there's less of those lineups in there. There's more people that are putting in 20, putting in 10, putting in one, putting in, you know, just more random stuff in there. And they could be good play. I mean, and like I have no way of knowing that some random person that, that has three lineups actually made three really good lines. I, I don't, I don't know. Right. So I judge a lot based on that. So that's, and that's the reason why I prefer lowest stakes, large field contests. They're hard as hell to win. Right. You just try to build plus EV lineups and can I get one one per season right you just try to eat that and it doesn't matter what the sport is right so it's like oh well I didn't get an NBA GPP win this this season but maybe I'll get two in MLB or whatever like it's it's one long game like all I have to do I, I, I all I have to do is like win first once and I'm profitable for the year in any GPP pretty much that's my goal right that, that's what you're playing for And I judge this field strength based on the 150 maxes. Oh, let's see. Mr. Shadow Dog 13, are you going to come help us with MLB? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously when MLB starts. Obviously you can come into the Rotogranders Premium Discord and ask whatever you want about MLB, DFS, or anything like that. I see it's Kyrie Irving's birthday today. Is he going to be playing today? I have no idea. I I, I have the the, Alan's narrative account in in my NBA Twitter thing over here uh jeff burns are points more important or is projected value better to focus on well that's well, the, well i mean you you want to get the most points for 50000 i mean for 50000 sell. you care about the lineups jeff jeff what i would what i would suggest jeff i would highly suggest in addition what you could do jeff is you could uh you could watch like hundreds of hours i do this show like virtually every day and obviously some days I'm off and some days I'm on vacation or whatever. I've done this for almost two years, right? A year and it was two years, but it was a break because of COVID and everything. Uh, you watch hundreds of hours. And I like, all of this is explained. I've, I've, I've given out 100% of my knowledge, right? All you have to do is watch and listen. That's all you have to do. It's, it's, it's almost, it's almost unfathomable that that someone, and I've gotten messages from people. I've gotten messages from people that it's like, I've been watching every show you've done for, for four years. I've watched your Periscopes. You've never heard of me, never commented, never anything. And they'll show me their rotor tracker and that they're, they're, they're up like, like $200,000 playing like 200 a day, you know, playing 200 bucks a day. Never hear from whatever, never knew they even existed. And just someone wanted to say, thank you. You know why? Because they just watched and listened to everything. Right, they never ask me a question. They never ask anything. They're just like, well, everything's right. I repeat myself. Like it seems like I'm on a loop every two weeks, answering the same questions over and over again. You can just get the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. I'll teach you how to play DFS, the game theory of DFS. 15 hours. Right. Everything that's that's possible. The concepts of playing this game are in there. So if you just did that, then like, so answering your question, are points more important than project? Well, well you still need point. You still need points. a guy a guy, a, a basketball player today is three thousand, and he's projected for uh, the uh, median value of uh, twenty one. That's seven x value. But I could pretty much tell you unless unless the major studs put up like ninety points, Twenty-one points out of a three K player ain't gonna cut it. Cut the mustard in a large field GPP this late. There's just too many options. Seven X ain't gonna cut it. You'd rather have more raw points because you're still using up a slot. You're still using up one of the eight slots. So let, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play all the three K. Let's say there are eight three K guys that project for twenty-one points. So I'm just gonna play all eight of them, right, and leave twenty-six thousand salary which is more important. I got seven X out of all of my players and then came and still came in last place, right? Because you still need raw points. It's about the lineup. There's no, is one more projected better to focus on. There's no focus, build plus EV lineups. Like I said, in the very beginning, that click, you're, you're looking at me right now going, why can't he just tell me? And I'm going, why can't you just watch and listen? And then you're gonna get to a point, hopefully, 5% 5% of people do, because I always say that 95% of people will watch this and listen and then never change, never learn, never actually implement, never never do anything. They, they're, con- they're in constant search of the magic easy button, which doesn't exist, right? They want the magic setting, the magic fit th- them. What can I do to, to win money tomorrow? Instead of going, how can I learn how to play this game and incrementally get better over the course of two or three years? right? Better and better and better. If you, if you like that, that the only difference, and, and I, I tell this to a lot of people, uh, that, that, that are currently profitable DFS players that are playing the 20 max for $1 entry, playing the quarter arcade, some are up to playing, you know, the, the main large field GPPs. And I talked to them, especially on the, on the, on the coaching calls. Right. And I said th- I said this exact thing yesterday I said, the difference between the, the difference between an average DFS player and a good DFS player is a fairly considerable gap. But the, dis- the difference between a good DFS player and a and a great DFS player is not that dramatic. Now in the high stakes, getting that extra little edge is, is gonna mean a lot more. But the, the I, I tell people all the time, when I when I see when when I talk to them, I go, You you won you watched everything I did you you play like me. I mean, I'm just like, like, I, I looked at what they do and go, you know, the difference between uh, me and you, like about five years, that's it. Like I'm talking to someone that, that I've been playing DFS for two years and I've been playing DFS for almost seven years. So it's like from, from a, from a skill perspective, from a result perspective, it's like the only difference between me and you is that, that I've just gotten better over better over time, learned all this stuff over time and implemented and executed and studied and like, that's the only difference. It's like, it's not magic. You not wake up and just like, oh, that's how you play. That's how you win. You're profitable years every year. No, just, you, you learn over, the, over a course of time. By studying. I mean, I used to download CSVs literally every day. Studying, oh, this guy, this, this guy's always up top. Well, let me take a look at what their lineups look like. Right? And then you start getting into probability and statistics and you add that. And you go, oh, now I'm starting to understand what this game really is. Right, so it's like that's not. I'm not special. That the sharp, the, the sharp players in the lobby are not special. This is not unlearnable. You just have to actually. You just have to actually learn it. The goal should not be, how do I, how do I win tonight's slate? Because that's not even how to think probabilistically. I mean, yeah, now you're missing the point of DFS in general. Build, build plus EV lineups. Right, You're 500 sided die and you're getting 5,000 to one odds on a bet of which number comes out. That's highly positive expected value. You're you're not going to win often, but when you win, you win 10 times more than you should. So if you make those $1 bets on that die roll, you're going to lose most of the time, right? The dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar. And you could go 2,000 rolls and not win, right? But it's a 500-sided die, isn't it the same numbers, but it, it, it doesn't work. yet. That, that's very it. It's five hundred to one to guess a number over the course of infinity, over a large, large, large numbers. So it's quite possible to go 2,000, without without guessing the right number or anything. But when you get the right number, you make you you make all your money. You you make a profit, right? You could survive five. You could survive five thousand bets on that. And in that time, you should have, you, you, on average, guessed it right 10 times and add, end up with $50,000. But sometimes it only happens three times, and so you're still profitable. Now you're $10,000 profitable. So what slate is, are you going to do that on? I have no idea. All I, have to, all I know is that I show up and build plus EV lineups and go, well, this lineup on average uh, has a 25% ROI. And you know, twenty-three out of that twenty-five percent may be in first place, or the top top three, top five, or something. I just go okay, Woo. rolling that five hundred-sided die, rolling rolling that five thousand-sided die. Woo. Which slate is that going to happen? I have no clue. So tonight's what does tonight's slate matter other than build plus EV lineups, right? And obviously things change, right? What contest are you playing? Like plus EV for the contest you're playing for everything like that. So that's why I suggest theory at at DFS.com. Because if questions are like, which is more important, projected value or value versus point, like just shows that like you've not, doesn't seem like you have the bare basics of uh, just fundamental DFS concepts. Uh let's see. And Masher says Ox and Duck may be special. Maybe yeah, maybe he's the only one in NBA at least. Right? Yeah, maybe he's special, right? Maybe maybe, he, maybe we have to learn what he does. I think it's just, he's just running hot. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just, say, just saying this season in NBA, he's been running hot. But, but, but Petty Theft has been running hot also. And Ben Petty Theft is a great NBA one, one of, if not the best NBA DFS player, ever. Okay, and he's running well this year, so maybe Oxen Duck is also. His lineups aren't bad. I mean, I, I, I've I've i i studied uh, Oxen Duck a little, but I don't I don't I don't study like I, from a from a comparing my play to. I'm I'm not gonna I'm. He's he's like in my quarantine zone. Of like I I've still not proven that he's a good player. Right? I, I think I know. I think i have proven he's a good player. I don't I, I I don't know how great of a player he is. Like I used to I used to have that with RBX88. In the beginning, what a couple of years ago, with two or three years ago, RBX88 to me was, I think someone that mashes buttons and gets lucky. So I would look through the lineups and go I I I don't. I don't, I don't get this. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. These these are dramatically different than like anyone else in the lobby until I, until I, until I understand that very high risk strategies and very high leverage situations. He just tries to exploit. And he has no problem playing 150 lineups and bricking them all. Right. So when you're studying someone like that, you're going to see weird stuff right? You're going to see, why did he play 87% of this guy and uh, that I had zero of? And a lot of times that guy puts up 14 points in NBA and, you know, in RBX 88 is sitting there on the bottom. That happens a lot of times. But then sometimes that guy puts up 40 points and you go, is RBX 88 from the future? No, he just, he looks for high leverage situations where everyone's playing this guy, but really it goes to the other guy, right? Like those types of stuff. Which is what I, I I do also, but not to the extent that RBX eighty eight does. RBX eighty eight sometimes goes. Can I find three of those situations and then just jam them all in to most of my lineups? Yeah, I, I, my 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 risk preference is a, is a little uh, it's a bit lower than that. Uh, master says oxen duck plays chalky. I think now, it, it's a mix. Oxen duck. It, it obviously depends on the slate. Like Oxen, it it seems like Oxen Ducks lineups are very, very. I don't call them bimodal, not really. He plays a mix of like a lot of chalk and then a lot of low Like, like it's it's like not as much in the middle. His line, lineups look more like a a uh, not a bell curve. What am I thinking? A barbell. Like his lineups look a lot bar, barbellish. Like he doesn't mind throwing in three 60 plus percent on guys in the same lineup and have a, like, you look at half of his lineup and it's like a cash line. And then you look at the other four and it's like, it's, it's three, 2% on guys, right? Like it's, it's completely on the other end, right? It's not like a balanced mixed or anything. So a lot of times you end up looking like you either look like a fool or look like a genius you go, how did he know? Like Trey Mann at 1%. And this guy, and and he happens to have both in the same lineup? Like what crystal ball does this guy have? But once you you start looking, he's playing a lot of lineups like that, right? So yes, so when you're playing a lot of lineups like that, then you have a lot of combinations of, you know, 1% to 5% own own guys. And when he wins, not many people have a combination of those two. So when they both have 50 points, you're going to see them towards the top. Uh, Peter Ortenberg says, I find that my experience playing DFS is much happier now, but I don't give a crap about my daily results. Yeah, well, that, that's, 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 a, that's, that's the proper attitude to have. Well, what did you win? You know, I mean, I, I've had people come into the YouTube chat, right, for the show. Well, what did you win yesterday? Oh, you, oh, you're criticizing this guy. What did you win yesterday? I'm like, what, what does it matter what I did yesterday, what, what I won or lost yesterday? Or just like in the example of like, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a 20-sided die roll, right? If I gave you 50 to 1 odds, I'm, I'm guessing, you'd guess all the time, right? You'd guess 9. I'd say, nope, sorry, 3. Doesn't does mean you did anything wrong? No. If you can continue to bet on that die, you're going to make money because I am paying you more than the probability of the event happening, right? Let's say on a 20-sided die, I'd only pay you 12 to 1. Well, now you're going to be losing a ton of money. You're going to go broke. You're going to go quick. I mean, that that edge is is massive. Negative, negative expected value. So you go nine and it comes up nine and you go, oh, look, I'm good at picking picking die roll winners. It's like, yeah, for that once, but the more that you play this, the more likely you're going to lose all your money. Right? So people look at yesterday's slate. Yesterday's slate. Well, I did it right. Yesterday's slate, even though the lineup if we played this slate out a million times, it would have been unprofitable, right? But yesterday it worked out. Same thing with that twenty-sided die roll. I'm gonna give you a twelve to one odds on a twenty to one event. Okay, I choose nine, and it comes up nine. And you're like, aren't I the best at this? That's the average. That's 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 the average DFS player, right? Oh, and then at the end of the year, they're like, why did I lose 20% of my money playing DFS? It seems like I won more often than I, I cashed a lot. And oh, I remember that one time I came in fifth place for, for $7,000, but now, now why am I, I'm I I'm down 20%. But it didn't seem like, it didn't seem like I was losing a lot of the time, right? I wasn't losing all my money on the slot, right? No, it's not. You're just gonna believe money, right? You'd be average. Now, really bad players, yeah, they're going to lose money pretty quickly. The average player is just like, oh, you're going up and down, up and down, up and down, but it's still a low at the bottom out trend. And you're not building lineups with enough win equity unless you just massively get lucky, right, on a negative EV lineup, which they, they win all the time. That's fine. But then you look at the end of three years and you go, it seems like I'm like they 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 put in their results after three. I, I've had this before. I've had someone someone email me and say I consider myself a pretty good DFS player, right? Uh, I seem to win more often than not, right? I see. It, 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 I've had I've had I've had one or two first place wins, and they're playing lower stakes or you know single entry three max or something, and then uh, and I've been playing for three years, and I finally decided to get roto right? To put it on, to track all of my results. And it turns out I'm down (laughs) $15,000, right? After like, oh, I thought I was a pretty good DFS player or whatever. And then didn't realize over the course of three years, lost $15,000. That's what I'm talking about because you're pretty much bleeding. You're not playing well. You aren't playing well. You're You're losing money to the rake essentially. So it's like you're, you're 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 keeping yourself afloat in comparison to the field, but you're not good enough to beat the rate. So that's where it all all the money comes out. You have to still be better than that. But the bias of checking your app every day and whatever, it's like oh well, I made two hundred. Oh well I lost three hundred. Well oh I made 150. Oh I I made seven. Like you go and it seems like oh you have a lot more dopamine hits of like on a day where it's like oh okay, made a little bit. Oh only lost a little bit. Oh made a little bit like. And by the end of the year, you're like, oh, I'm, why am I done 10 grand? It didn't seem, it didn't seem like it. Well, that's the problem. That's why using a tool like Rototracker to, to track that. And then we're not worrying about what day, if you're playing within the means of your bankroll, you're playing, you're playing less than 5%. I mean, to me, that's even high as I'm playing like one. I play like 1%, sometimes less. So what does it matter? Oh, I didn't. Oh, anytime. some anytime someone, someone says, uh, uh, oh, I did, did, uh, did hard. Oh, uh, ho- I did horribly today. Right. So it's like, Oh, should have played this guy. Should have played that guy. I can't believe it. I, I lost 90% of my money. today. I brick completely. I zero. I put a 200 bucks. I got nothing back. This sucks. I should have did this. I shouldn't that. I, I, I say, I say to them said, is, is, is DFS over? Is, is it over? Did I, did, I, did I miss the news? Is DFS over? Is there not a slate tomorrow? Right? Are there not other sports even? I mean, is, is DFS over? Oh, it's not over. Oh, there'll, there'll be like four slates tomorrow in basketball. There's going to be baseball. Cup, like, So what the, what one, it's one slate. Imagine playing on a poker table, right? You're playing, you're, you're sitting there at a poker table. You're going to be playing 30 hands an hour. You're going to be sitting there for eight hours. So let's say on average, you play 240 hands. Imagine sitting down and on uh, the first hand going, I got eight, two, and you fold. And you go, oh my God, I can't believe I lost, right? Right, you put in your small, big blind or whatever, you lost two bucks or whatever the, whatever the hell. And you go, I can't believe I was dealt, dealt, uh, dealt eight, two to hold and had to fold horrible did i do it right do i do it wrong it's like it's one hand out of 240 that you're gonna play tonight and then if you're playing regular it's, it's one It's one long name it's like going on, Oh, should i do? oh oh i'm it i'm gonna call for this flush draw and it doesn't come in because it's a two and a half to one chance for it to come in and doesn't and you lose the hand you go am i doing this right yeah but two and a half to one dude. like Seventy percent of the time, this card doesn't come, and you lose the hand. Unless you, you know, I don't want to get into poker stuff. So it's like, as long as you continue to do that, because you got the got plus EV on that bet, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna end up you're gonna be profitable. So who cares about that one time, the one that that, that, that right in front of you? Like, is is DFS over? Did you did you play one hundred percent of your bankroll on today's slate? Well then, I understand that. Then yes, that now I understand. Them. Right? Either, either, either DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo and SuperDraft are going out of business tomorrow, or you put all of your money. You put you, you, you bet you bet the house. You are foreclosed on your house. You're living on the streets because all of your money is invested in this one NBA slate. So unless one of those two things happen, what do you, what do you what do you, Tomorrow's another slate. Play one percent of your bankroll and just play good lineups get better study others and one of these one of these times you're gonna get a big spike and there you go i don't know what slate that's gonna, i have no idea what that's gonna be but just keep on doing that all right clark kenton chat says yes there's another slate thank you superman okay so for uh oh do we have oh great is randall out today also because Clay Thompson out, what's going on? What's going on? What shenanigans in the NBA? We're getting out of here. Don't worry about it. But you should go uh, later today. What? 4.45 Eastern. 4.45 Eastern. Grinders Live. Grinders Live with Dean and whoever's joining. Uh, they'll be going over the NBA slate at 4.45. Uh, premium members, Andy, Kevin Roth, they'll be taking care of you leading up to lock at around 6.15, 6.20. And that's just for premium members. And like I said, join the, the Blenders Game Theory channel in the Discord if you're a premium member. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And now we get even more, right? RJ Barrett is now coming up, right? Oh, it's going to be... I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm playing tonight. Like, Wednesdays are tough. Because I, I watch wrestling at 8 o'clock. So maybe I get because I could finish these and I just have three games to worry about. And it's a lot of Dallas. So I'm going to have to know the starting lineup of that one. I'll have to see. I'll see. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. Hit those thumbs up buttons on your way out the door. Give me those thumbs thumbs. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And, uh, and yeah, so th- productive day. Explain some stuff, right? Sometimes Sometimes we have these types of shows. And sometimes we don't, right? So, uh, so I will see you tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on com.